you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast knows what snap face is. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Combine week is here. But before we get to that, how about those Oscars? Va-va-voom. Did you watch it? I didn't even. I didn't watch a second of it. I watched a portion of it, and then I did what everyone else does in the 21st century. I saw the good parts on the internet in the morning. I watched the entire thing. Upset of the year. Wow! In what? a sports bar. Oh, okay, that with the count. volume on. That doesn't. Count, I, that. that might be an only in LA thing. That, uh, or maybe I'm wrong, but definitely uh, an LA staple. Uh, that on Oscar night, which is a big deal here, uh, that it would be treated almost like the Super Bowl, where volume up. That's when you know it's a big sports event if you go to a bar and they're doing the, the volume and the touch I always like. You know it's a good sports bar when they have the big game volume up, commercial break, bang in with your jukebox, and then come <laughs> Takes out. Takes a lot of coordination. Back. Yeah, but it, I noticed that You have to be committed effort. to being a good venue that day if you're going to do right. that. It, I agree with you. That's, that's the golden ticket. You, you did not watch it in the strangest place of anyone on this podcast, though. I mean, do you are you guys aware of where Sydney watched the Oscars? I, can, I am. I could probably guess. <laughs> hey guys, who who are the who is the crowd, Sydney, that goes to Disneyland <laughs> to watch the Oscars? It seems like a strange. Yeah, combo. I was not even planning on it, but they sent out like a Facebook blast that was like, "Hey, if you have an annual pass, we're showing the Oscars." At the Opera House on Main Street, and I was like, "Yes, that is for me. I am going to that." Wow. And on and on your Facebook page, you called it the most magical evening, <laughs> watching the Oscars followed by fireworks and a parade. What time are the Oscars over? They finish around nine thirty. I mean, the fact that there's more fireworks and a whole parade unfurling at Disneyland after that, or Disney, it's it to me, it that, feels like a packed a packed evening. That's why new money uh, is so loyal to the brand because she goes there and she says. I check my worries at the gate. Well, after I pay the $18 parking fee, uh, I check my worries at the gate, 
and I, I'm, I'm a happy, I'm a happy uh, woman. Super accurate, so accurate. There, were, how many? There was, there was no dry eyes in the house, you know, when the Moana girl came out. Oh. at least not in the Sydney. Girl. There was not, and there were a bunch Sang of the uh, song. There were also were no dry eyes after the end. Well, not after the end, but at the end when the, they came back and said, "Just kidding." Not La La Land. Mm. Everybody in the theater had a meltdown, and it was I, that, that, so great. That seems like a Disney World, Disneyland <laughs> crowd. <laughs> Wait, define like La La the meltdown at the Disneyland uh, airing of the Oscars. It's like, you know, when you're watching a football game. Here, let's bring it right back to sports. You're watching well a football game, and there's like the surrender cobras or people like with their heads in their hands. That was happening all around me in this theater, and I was quite enjoying it probably what more a world. than I should have. Surrender were, cobra? Yes, like you put your hands behind your head. Never like heard of this. this. Sydney's actually yeah. an operative for uh, the Marines that was, <laughs> um, during the weekends when she's not at Disney. I don't typically wonder if she's substance-free or not. I know she is, but I have to question what she's describing. <laughs> uh, this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. And, you know, people have been wondering what's going on with the schedule of the show. We've been doing two shows a week. First of all, you know, calm down. We're Please. doing the best we can. Uh, but... If it makes you feel better, if you do love listening to new shows three times a week, know that it's coming. It's not coming this week uh, because Greg and I are heading to Indy tomorrow, and then we have it tomorrow, Tuesday, and then we'll have a Thursday show, which will be kind of like a hybrid. Uh, Greg, myself, Kevin Patra, and Connor Orr from Indy uh, with Wes and Sess in the studio. It'll be a fun show on Thursday, so two shows this week. And then next week, which is free agency week, start of free agency, three shows. And we anticipate, can't promise anything, we anticipate three shows every week through the draft. Oh, probably, yeah, through mid-June, I would say. No. That's when we always do it, Reg. Well, okay. That's when we've done it every year. Why would we be cutting back? Why would we be cutting back all of a sudden? We're going to be doing OTAs. All right. We're going to be doing um, mini camps. One of my earlier jobs in my career, a boss gave me that advice. He said, uh, you know, under promise. Over deliver. Greg just over promised. Now we have nothing to do but just to hardcore deliver. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's your old boss. We're gonna do through. it. <laughs> good pep talk. Hey, who am I? Who who am I to fight with? NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Now we've got to be very quiet. Up in the clearing, we have the incredibly rare NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> Oh, crap, you scared it away. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Who who said that one, Sid? Uh, that one's from Andrew Dahl from New York. At a dolly 27 <laughs> That was great. <laughs> Even got your little sound effect in there, which I enjoyed. Um, uh-oh. Oh, my god! What Breaking news this early in the show. What's going Breaking on? Breaking news before the news. That's a first. Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers have reached an agreement for Brown to be the highest-paid wide receiver in football, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. $15 million plus per year. And that makes a lot of sense, uh, right? I mean, there was some talk that he was getting on the nerves of people inside Pittsburgh. Uh, He had that issue with the Facebook Live posting and, and some immaturity issues, perhaps. But the production speaks for itself. This guy has been... The best wide receiver, Wes, in football, arguably, but statistically-wise, it's hard to argue it, for like five years. Yeah, you can certainly argue that Julio Jones is the best wide receiver in football, but 
like you said, statistically, Antonio Brown has set records over the past few years. He's been the most productive wide receiver in football. And I mean, they, they all the whatever the the issues were with him and some of this off the field stuff, they made it very clear earlier this month that they wanted him to retire along with Le'Veon Bell as a Steeler, and they made it work quick. Now, I mean, we talked about there's a, there's other wide receivers that we'll get into today that could hit the open market, and I wonder how long he'll be the, mo- the most highest. Not long. Receiver. This is That's, why the Steelers are the Steelers. They're I, smart. Yeah. But what? Where? But isn't Antonio Brown's agents thinking why not wait a little bit for this? That's I, I'm, fair point. But yeah, you see why that the timing of it definitely makes sense from Pittsburgh's standpoint. From their side, yes. Right. I I think, and we'll get into Alshon Jeffrey, but Ian, Ian also reported that he's going to hit the free agent market, or he's expected to. And I I don't think there's any chance he doesn't top Antonio Brown. I I really think he's going to make more money than Antonio Brown. So if you're the Steelers who set a price on players and, and have been very good about that. I mean, remember when they let Mike Wallace go and and eventually... They gave his contract to Antonio Brown. Yeah, exactly. And and if Wallace had taken the lesser money, who knows what, what would have happened. But they did not want to pay Wallace more. They let Antonio Brown go. They let Emmanuel Sanders go. They set a price here for Brown. They're saying, hey, you can make you the highest paid receiver in the league. You got to take it now. He's going to take it. Why not? You know, it's a, it's a win-win, but... I think the the contracts are going to go crazy this offseason. So there you go. Right off the bat, breaking news on the Around the NFL podcast. A show sponsored, of course, uh, by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And uh, in addition to the latest in the franchise tag uh, news, which the the deadline is fast approaching March 1st, which is just a few days from now. We'll talk about what else is going on in the news, and then uh, we will get to, and this is one of the big uh, releases every year uh, for around the NFL, the Free Agency 101. Uh, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal team up uh, to break down the top 101 free agents. Saucy. Uh, And that came out Monday morning, hot off the presses, so we'll talk about that. Uh, But before we do that, we already did some news, but now we're going to do the rest. Uh, So, Sid, let's do it. It's coming! It's headed right for us! It's already here. Ah, yes. Bill Paxton passed away over the weekend, uh, age 61. Great, a, a sneaky great career, Bill Paxton. Does anybody have a, a Bill Paxton favorite they want to throw out there or a project? I like Big Love. That was an HBO show that great he was a star that. of. Great in that. That uh, I thought he he carried that movie well. Uh, but in True Lies, I would love. I walked. I talked to Sydney before the show about uh, what drop to use. That was from Twister, which was probably his most like well-known movie. But uh, in True Lies, he has some amazing lines. Uh, he plays like a cheap used car salesman mm. that seduces Jamie Lee Car- uh, Curtis's character and then gets his comeuppance at the hands of Arnold Schwarzenegger. But a lot of good movies. Totally likable guy. Like I think he also is the kind of guy. Whenever he was in like a scene, he would. Take he would steal the scene. He was a scene stealer. He didn't start as an actor either. I could see you, Mark, as a scene stealer if you were can't in, even get on set in the Hollywood business. <laughs> I that's a total Tinsel what town. if. Not even live in the same town. Couldn't be farther away. All right, here we go. Let's start some news. Uh, and uh, yeah, tag time, tag talk, tag. You're it. Okay, that's how we'll get into the segment. All of the franchise <laughs> tags, some of the big names, and we'll start uh, with the biggest one, and he is a teammate of Antonio Brown, and this uh, came down shortly before we came upstairs to record today's podcast. Le'Veon Bell will not hit the open market. The team, uh, that being the Steelers, placed the exclusive 
franchise tag on the running back Monday. Uh, according to Rap Sheet, the exclusive tag means he cannot negotiate with any other team. Uh, the Steelers later confirmed this news, uh, and that tag is expected to surpass $12 million for running backs this season. Greg, I feel like Le'Veon Bell is one of those special players uh, and running backs don't get paid in the league. So $12 million, and we assume they're going to try to hammer out a long-term deal. But if he plays under this tag, that is a great bargain, I think, for Le'Veon Bell, considering how important he is, right? Well, for this year, it's a fair price. I mean, he's he's the high, he's going to be the highest paid running back in the league, maybe by a good amount. But the Steelers are using this exclusive tag sort of as a – uh, an olive branch like hey we do value you we could have easily put the eight million dollar tag on you and you would have been on our team and you would have been stuck with it but really they're they're playing it smart this is a guy who's had injuries who's had suspension and he's going to be playing for a one-year contract and if he stays healthy and is Le'Veon Bell again I'm sure he'll get a long-term deal next year yeah I think it's going to be hard for them to find common ground on a long-term deal because I think Le'Veon Bell wants record-breaking money for a running back and he's 25 years old, but he's he's hurt a lot. And right now he's rehabbing his way back from a groin injury that knocked uh, knocked him out of the AFC Championship. We know the knee issues he's had. He had reconstructive surgery. And he's had some off-the-field issues. So it's not a home run, no-doubt decision, you would think, for the Steelers. And, Greg, you said the uh, – if you could just clarify for the audience the difference between the $8 million tag and yes. the $12 million. Tag. Well, the exclusive tag means no team can try to trade for him. And it's a higher number this year. It's $12 million for running backs. And the non-exclusive tag, which is basically what everyone else gets, in theory, other teams could try to trade for him and give up two first-round picks. It would have been $8 million. I mean, Le'Veon Bell should think about whatever long-term, whatever the best long-term deal that they give him eventually this offseason in terms of an offer, whether it's 25 30 guaranteed and you know, 10 or 11 a year, whatever. You should think about it because running back, you would hate to see a guy have a torn ACL and, like, lose that. I mean, it, it's kind of like one in the hand or what? – what is it? What is the phrase? One two in, in hand, the bush? Two, two in, in the bush. bush. I mean, that – I hate that phrase. That also means nothing in today's society, whatever. I'm sure it had a very strong right. meaning at one point. That's like – Let's uh, kill it. Joe it's Thomas, over. your boy, Mark, on the Browns, he was tweeting about – some of the questions he got asked at the Combine in 2007. And one of them was, uh, would you look a gift horse in the mouth? What? What? How do you answer that? I mean, back in 2007, that was probably a very – that made a lot of sense, that term. It's 10 years ago. <laughs> anyway, in other franchise tag news, Chandler Jones – uh, who was traded from the Patriots to the Cardinals last year? Uh, he has been fr- he has been hit with the franchise tag. He'll play under the linebacker tender, which is worth fourteen point one million for twenty seventeen. He did fulfill expectations, Chris Wessling, in his first year with Arizona. And you would think uh, the the Cardinals do not want him out of the building either now or one year from now. We knew this was coming. Bruce Arians told everyone in early January, "We'll we will place the tag." on Chandler Jones if, if we don't reach an agreement. They had no intention of letting him hit the market after he and Marcus Golden teamed for more sacks than any other uh, than any other duo in the league last season. So I think the, the key thing with Arizona now is do all three of Calais Campbell, Kevin Minter, and Tony Jefferson hit the market now that uh, Chandler mm. Jones has the franchise tag? Campbell, I think, is getting there. He's going to end up, by the time all these tag guys are taken off our list, he's going to be in our top five, if not our top three. And I think he wants to see that money. 
in other news, Kwan Short, uh, the uh, Panthers standout, he also has been hit with the tag. The fifth-year defensive tackle will play under the tackle tender, uh, which is worth <laughs> tackle tender talk. <laughs> tackle talk's back. Tackle talk's back. Worth roughly $13.6 million in 2017. Mark Sessler, another expected move there. Yeah, it's just a laundry list of completely expected franchise. It is. This is exactly the people that we thought, and they all, you know, they came today, and I think this makes sense for them. They've got a first-rounder in Vernon Butler. Um, They re-signed Mario Addison, and star Ludalele becomes a free agent next offseason. So you've at least got Kwan Short uh, around for this season, which is more than you can say for the guy they franchised last year, Josh Norman. Mm -hmm. I I question if they would pursue – if they're truly going to pursue a long-term deal with Kwan Short, um, I think he's a great player. But you know, Gettleman sometimes does things differently. They get. I almost feel like when they let Norman go, they have to. They have to get Short signed. It, I mean, it, it's on them to do it just because he's a young, great player. Are you he, saying it would be short-sighted? <laughs> Wants a lot of money. And by the way, Mark, uh, I don't like to call out a colleague uh, on the pod, but it's actually pronounced. Better not be me. Yeah, it's you. It's pronounced Star Lutalal. Ah, my bad. It's Thank you. Well, that's your job to correct us in those situations. You got to hit that accent. You know who was tagged? What, wasn't Greg Hardy tagged by them two years ago? Well, so two years Greg in a row. Hardy, they've Josh had Norman. That's franchise tag nonsense. This time, I think it will be clean. You know, you're uh, you're a real human gutter ball if you are uh, unable to stay in the NFL with the amount of skill level Greg Hardy had. A little look back at a player that is no longer in the NFL. He was that bad a person that the NFL was able to overlook it and kick him out of the league. That's, that's quite an achievement. By the way, also someone uh, at some point that the shadowy league figures hoisted on us as an interview subject for the early incarnation of this show. <laughs> that was before some of the, uh, the allegations. Well, yes. Convictions. No. Or bench. Uh, <laughs> bench decision. It was a messy time. The Greg Hardy era. Let's just move on from it. Uh, one more tag, a little more tag talk. JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, the pass rusher for the New York Giants. Uh, they put the tag. Did they put the tag on him last year, too? They did sign him to a one-year $10 million prove-it deal. He proved it. So now the Giants are tagging him, tagging him again, and we'll see. Or tagging him for the first time. Somebody help me out here. Was he tagged? They, they did tag him two years ago. Okay, that's I, I'm I sure. I happened. I would guess he's the first player in NFL history to be tagged twice, with a year apart in between, all with the same team. It yeah, seems, it seems insane. When you well, pull off part of your hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean something what happened history? there, but yeah. Yes. But we'll see. I mean, he's going to get paid a lot of money, JPP. Uh, but will a deal get done? I think we saw enough uh, this year that the Giants would uh, want to get something done, and they don't have any problem spending a lot of money on pass rushers with mm. the Giants. There were questions in years past if JPP was viewed as a little bit of a strange guy inside the team, inside team walls, and it, I, I, maybe that's changed. I mean, if they show this much interest in him. But that was, that was out there amongst some of the beat writers. What, I mean, that, that he was a weirdo? You know, there was just maybe some questions this about a headache. JPP the person. But this I, team I, employs Odell Beckham. If you want to talk about like kind of well, they draft teams. right, and I but I mean Odell Beckham, you, you what are you going to do? Let him walk across town to the Jets? I don't think so. I mean the the Sounds money good. the money's crazy, but it's the same per year that that Vernon got, and I think it's a big trend in this free agent cycle and generally in the NFL. I don't think teams are going to mind paying huge dollars on one year contracts or two year contracts in some cases. Like fine, we, we'll love to play you 
you know, 17, 20 million dollars a year, but they don't want to give the long term money. And none of these deals, these four, five year deals, really aren't five year deals right. to begin with. So they're just maybe it's a more of an honest approach. All right. So some of these, uh, Mark, you weren't impressed. You said these are expected. Whatever. It's not that I'm not impressed. I think that <laughs> even in even weeks ago, in articles, you know, outlining who would be tagged, tag primer, baby, sort of like six for six at this point. All so. right. So here's something that surprised some people, surprised me at least. The Bears not expected to franchise tag Al. Sean Jeffrey, uh, their standout wide receiver. That, according to uh, Ian Rappaport, he reported Monday they aren't expected to put the tag on him. He played under the tag in 2016, earning $14.6 million. uh, And the Bears uh, were given a decision to tag him again, which would put him at $17.5 million as a starting point or at least a locked-in one-year salary. Uh, But they apparently aren't going to do that. And, uh, you know, Wes, uh, Alshon Jeffrey is maybe a guy with some red flags because he's had injury issues, uh, but he's young. He's in his mid-20s. He's proven in the past that he could be as good as anybody when he's healthy. The Bears are in a rebuild slash got to make progress year with their current regime. Don't you want him in the building? It's quite the conundrum for the Bears. You're talking about a guy who has had many injury issues, uh, has not always played in shape, in football shape, was suspended last year, and yet if you let Alshon Jeffrey go and he becomes the highest-paid wide receiver in football, who do you replace him with? The guy you drafted two years ago, Kevin White, has been so far an unmitigated bust. Even when he was healthy last season, he wasn't playing that well. So who is I, – I know Cameron Meredith played well with Matt Barkley down the stretch, but I don't think anyone considers him a number one receiver. I think that you you really have a, a bare bones wide receiver core now. They're just listening to you talk. They got to be high on the list of teams that'll be signing free agents. So I think they'll end up replacing Jeffrey with someone that's not 17 million, but maybe it's 10 million. Deshaun Jackson or who you know Kenny Britt or Kenny whoever it's going to be. I think they're going to end up having to spend some money it, at, at wide receiver. To me, it points to they probably don't have a high opinion of him inside exactly the i mean they they're the team more than anyone that knows his highs and also his baggage and, and a lot of times we don't even know what a lot of that stuff is it's it's also maybe just the the, the price point i mean the for price someone is, that's not he's played he's played 20 games over two seasons the ped suspension after getting hurt like that combination and they you know when he got suspended this year john fox had no forgiveness for him publicly. He basically didn't buy either either didn't buy Jeffrey's excuse or he just said that's not good enough and kind of called him out for it. Uh He's gonna get some cash though. Bucks. I don't know who, who signs him. Do you yeah, think he get I mean the the bu- is he does he No, maybe the not bucks? the Bucks. Do you think he surpasses Eagles? Titans. Uh, Titans wouldn't Titans. surprise me if Could they finally it. get a big receiver. Titans would make some sense. Do you think he could surpass Antonio Brown money, which we don't know exactly yet, so maybe that's a bad question. But do you think he's a guy that could get paid to the point where a guy with that many question marks is the highest-paid receiver in the league? Timing is everything. Nobody was ready to believe that Indomitian Sue would be paid more than J.J. Watt, but once you have right. multiple teams bidding on you, that's when people get paid. And all this cap speed, it's, it's tricky because this Brown – Almost hurts Jeffrey's chances of. I think he would have made sixteen, seventeen a year. Like if JPP's making seventeen a year, Alshon Jeffrey, like that's a going rate for a high level free agent, right? I now. don't like the trend of now that we all have money, let's start spending it egregiously <laughs> on players that have issues. I mean, it was a couple years ago that we were talking about Alteron Werner getting paid major cash and the guys on the street. It's like I, I some of this stuff, the free agency 
period every year. It's like, slow down, please. But the best teams aren't involved in it outside the Broncos. None of the model franchises are, are going out and writing checks for free agents. Yeah, he's got the he's got the red flags, but he's also if he was in the draft and you're just not talking about the red flag. I mean, he's he's maybe the number you know, one pick or number two or three pick. Again, he, no, you basically know you get the all, all pro, right. And you get him for four years and an affordable cost. It's like you're this is a major investment in a player with, you know, overt and maybe covert question marks. Covert. Covert. Dig well, in there. Dig in there. They kind of fit together. Okay. Uh, moving on, uh, out of tag talk, we're still ta- tackle talk. Well, not technically a tackle. He's a center, but he's on an offensive line, uh, and but it won't be the offensive line of the New York Jets because Nick Mangold, after uh, 11 fine seasons uh, in New York, was let go, uh, released on Friday, which was the latest uh, indication yet that the Jets are in a full-blown uh, rebuild mode because uh, Mangold is old but not ancient. He's 33 and has always played at a high level uh, this past year. The injury is an ankle injury, which is pretty serious as it turned out, uh, kind of messed up his season this year. Uh, but the Jets continue to move away and clear salary because they had one of the more kind of messed up situations is that the Jets, despite having a roster not filled with talent had one of the more bloated salary caps, and they had to do something about that. So it leads to tough decisions, including goodbye to Nick Mangold. Uh, we'll get to him a little later in the top 101 mm. list because uh, I do have a question about uh, where he ended up ranking. Uh, but I think it would be good. We haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, I talked to my dad briefly, uh, Keith Hansis, about the Jets and where, where their offseason is going. So, Sid, why don't we check back in uh, with my dad? His name is Keith. His dad's dad. No doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he going to say about the game today? What is he going to say about the game today? The uh, release of Mangold is... uh... It's a terrible move, I think, for the Jets at this time. I know they're trying to reduce the cap space, but I still think he's a, a leader, and I, I was uh, against that move. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out because their offensive line is in bad shape. Um, Revis, I think they should uh, eliminate him at this point because <laughs> eliminate I him. think uh, his uh, play from last year was terrible, and uh, we'll see what happens. The quarterback that still seems to be, I think, a trade has to be done. Okay, we can't go with the guys we have right now. So that's it. Thanks. Listen, Mark, when I say we're heading toward the corner, you listen to my dad's voice. Not a lot of time. Not a, th- a lot of things to be excited about right now. Well, listen, there are a lot of corners. He's on the second corner right now. <laughs> you ain't taking my corner. But I, he said he nailed one thing. You look at you look at New York's depth chart along the offensive line. It was bad last year. It, they absolutely need to address it in every way they can. They have two, both their guards are three signed. starters. They have two guards, uh, and everything else is undecided. And that was a great draft. I think it was a Tannenbaum draft. Uh, they got Mangold and Brick Ferguson in the same uh, round. Uh, now both those guys are out the door. Can't, uh, you can't keep Nick Mangold at nine million dollars. Yeah, I mean, off missing half a season, not playing, not playing well in the half or the same level that he played. I'm sure they tried to get him to take a pay cut, and I'm sure he's at the point of his career that he's interested in looking to see what else is yeah. out there and who can blame him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with the move, and I, I wish him the best because he was one of my favorite Jets. Uh, moving on, this is interesting. 
Ravens safety Matt Elam, a former first-round pick uh, in 2013, uh, was arrested on three drug-related charges early Sunday morning in Miami. Uh, Elam was booked at 3.45 a.m. on charges of possession of more than 20 grams of marijuana, possession with intent to sell or deliver, and possession of a controlled substance. He's being held on a $15,500 bond. Uh, he was initially pulled over for reckless driving. Well, I mean, uh, this guy's a rich man, I would think. Former first-round pick, even after He's the- just sitting free agency now. What are you doing? Come back to us, Matt. How much is that? I don't know how grams are. That's, what is a gram? How it, much is it? That's it, more than a quarter pound of That's weed. a lot. Oh, it's Matt. It's a lot. It's insane. Oh, what, Matt. You, you've, Come back to us, Matt. This it's is intent to sell. He's not going to just do it all. 2017. Well, I don't know. Well, what's I, worse? In theory. In, I, I no, I'm not it, saying that's any better. But well, I, I, I saw some things on Twitter. People don't you know, understand metric measurements. They're like, well, he's trying to be the new Sam Hurd. No. Sam Hurd was Sam like trying Hurd. to be Marlo from The Wire. He was like a kingpin. This is just like... This sounds more like I'm going to have a lot to bring for all my friends at a party. Or, like, there's no reason he should be carrying around this much when you've got that much money at stake. Matt. I don't know. Well, and the Ravens have basically on, said Matt. not in our plans for next season, <laughs> right. which is not at this point not a surprise. He's also been a disappointment as a player. Have that ever- is not in our plans for the 2017 Ravens. I've never heard of a <laughs> statement about a guy who's technically a free agent. They just that's just like Well, because this is a team that's a couple years removed. People, you know, it's it's not it's, the stink isn't on them as much today, but they're a couple years removed from a massive PR disaster with an off the field issued mm. laden player and they're probably as quick as they can be to get rid of this. Wouldn't it wouldn't it have been cool if it was 21 grams? Cuz there was that movie yeah, I mean, to a very small so a, group of people that would rec- would get that connection. Yeah, Sean that was Benfield, a different that was a different substance, you know, twenty one grams. But yeah, what was that? Booger sugar? Yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Let's get through the rest of this news. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, summer of Bronk, uh, Gronk getting off to an early start. For whatever reason, he was at the Daytona five hundred uh, as a sideline reporter. Why not? Uh, and this is how it played out. They they cut to Gronk, who was with a gaggle of what they were monster energy girls, they were called. Let's hear how that exchange went with Rob Gronkowski. Gronk, what do you got down that yeah, way? What's up? We got another hey, monster Gronk, energy girl right here. We got Ashley. I did a photo shoot with her. She's the best. Hey, Ashley, what's your favorite speed limit out there? I hope it's somewhere around 70 or something. What is it? I am hardcore. I like to go as fast as possible. Ooh, I like that answer. Back to you, Mike. You didn't. You're looking confused, Greg. What's the closest number to seventy? I'm not confused. I get the terrible oh, okay. joke. I'm confused why they would put Gronkowski in a position to try to be funny. That's just terrible. Do you think he was fed that, or do you think, no, he, I think like he, he loves sixty nine? So I think much. he thought that that was an amazing joke. Yes, I agree. I think he thought that. <laughs> That's what my face was. was I don't think that. he slept at night either because he's like Ashley. Like, we, you know, we did a photo shoot together. How could you let me down in a big spot? I have no words for what we've just listened to. <laughs> and finally, uh, Mark, you had no words there, but I'm going to need some words from you here because you are uh, you are paid by the NFL as an analyst. Uh, so people come to you for the information. The Green Bay Packers uh, have mi- announced their coaching staff uh, for the 2017, 2017 season. And David Rye has been appointed the team's offensive perimeter coach. Uh, For the fans out there, the layman, can you break down what an offensive perimeter coach does? Mm. 
Very excited about this signing. Uh, I think it's a big, it's a new frontier for the Packers. Chris, I would like to hear why you th- what you think he'll be doing. <laughs> wow. I think a, he'll oh. be monitoring the perimeter. That was like Warren Beatty, like, passing it off to Faye Dunaway uh, because he knew th- that the Oscar situation uh, was FUBAR. Mm. That was, you just did the same thing. You're Warren Beatty. Congratulations. So the well, perimeter is everything outside the numbers? Right. So before, I mean, it actually, I think it's what? Is it a spread offensive coordinator on some no, level? No, you can't, I mean, you can't jump back in now, if Mark. You, I can pass. do whatever if I want to do. How about, about that? It, Sit down. If you think about it. <laughs> It's a genius move. Good for you! <laughs> Why is it a genius move? Well, Greg? for for decades, almost, you know, century almost. Every you know, we've only been worried about the interior. They're the first coach to say, "No, let's have a coach out there on the perimeter." I no, we're gonna get that part. Of I the think field it's sell. probably like someone needed. You know, Mike McCarthy's got a lot of friends out there. Someone's like, "I need a job." He's like, "Oh yeah, we'll get you a job," and they'll come up with a very fancy name for getting this fellow on the payroll. So that's one way to look at it. I mean, no, nobody Dave can Rye. explain what it is. So, Well, he's been with the Packers for three years. Uh, well, you've ascended into this role. He spent the 2014-15 season as a coaching administrator and 2016 as an assistant offensive line coach. So obviously the man hmm. has a really good uh, football pedigree to be able to be offensive line. What's more interior Right. Then the offensive line, isn't, and now he's moving out to the perimeter. Isn't that the inverse of the perimeter? Yeah. The interior. It's well, he knows the enemy. <laughs> it's yeah. maybe it's a little bit like the NBA. You know, everything in the NBA is all about three-point shooting, the perimeter. Packers thinking Moneyball, perimeter. Hmm. Money analysis, Greg. <laughs> Huge stretch. All right. Enough of that. That's what's happening in the news now. Now, that's what I really want to get to this is the, the centerpiece of today's show because Wes and, and Greg, the, the scientists, every year they get together and they, they put their heads together and they deliver something that the, the football cognoscenti gets excited about. It is the free agency. One. Oh. One. Sell it, baby. <laughs> the two of you uh, work up a list of 101 or a little bit more, and then you have um, someone, I, I, an underling perhaps, take those two uh, lists, combine them into one to make your, your free agency 101. And this is how you know, Mark. And, Mark, I want you involved in the segment too. I know this is about these two scientists. We'll see. Uh, but we definitely should have a voice in the room here, and I need I need your support, you know? I'll support you. <laughs> this is why you know that the, the scientists have, have gotten a little bit of juice uh, within the, the, the universe of the football cognoscenti. It's because uh, people write articles about the, the Free Agency 101, different mm. team websites, pops up here and there, maybe ESPN, a, a, a beat writer. Oh, this is... Three Indianapolis Colts were on the NFL.com top 101. You guys, that was that sweat equity that you guys have poured into this over several years, and now it's paying off in a big spot. I hope sweat equity replaces optics as the new buzzword. I mean, it paid off with that intro that you beautifully <laughs> timed. That's when it all felt like it came to fruition. I, I would say I timed it. I don't think it timed beautifully at all. But uh, So here we are, and, and Mark and I are here as well, uh, to, to almost to keep you guys – First of all, keep your egos in check because you guys are probably Good luck with that. <laughs> flying, flying high right now with all this press you're getting. 
Uh, <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to break out, break down this list. And if you're listening at home, uh, if you're driving, uh, don't do this. But if you're, you know, sitting on the train uh, or you're sitting in the back seat of a carpool situation, or if you're laying on your couch, nude potentially, get your laptop out or your portable uh, uh, device. And pull up the top 101, oh, wow. which yeah. you can find at NFL.com slash top free agents. Eh, not the best vanity URL. Top free agents. That's a new one. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't call that the best vanity URL. You know, these are out of – these decisions are – I trust in the – Who did make that Executives decision? making them. It was, it was not an underling, by the way, you know, putting oh, together these rankings. It's, uh, you know, most of this room's editor, Ali Bonpuri. Yeah, Ali, Smash them Ali up. does great work with the original content team here at NFL Media. Called by you an underling. I wasn't aware until Oh, now. okay. I thought there was, yeah. That would seem <laughs> wrong of you. Hopefully nobody remembers that about an hour before the show. I said, Ali, did you, do you know who actually tabulated this? And he's like, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> well. uh, all right. Anyway, Ali, I love you. Um, here we go. I think the best way to go through this, first of all, let's just, uh, we'll check out the top ten. I'm just curious the top ten, and then we'll kind of break it down. And and it's well, here- been blown to slum- smithereens from these franchise tags already. All right. So but who, as you predicted, who is who? All right. Let's in terms of who is still there. Let's even draw it out to 15 or so. Who is not going to be affected by the franchise tag situation? Right. Most likely, as of the taping of this podcast. Well, it, assuming Eric Berry and Kirk Cousins get tagged, you know they would be on top of the list right now. But assuming they get tagged. The top of the list is going to be Alshon Jeffrey, I think, at number one. Who was number one last year when the dust settled or cleared? Was it Malik Jackson? I think it was Malik Jackson. Alshon who did, who did get the like most. Alshon better. Yeah, definitely. Calais Campbell will be a big name. Brandon Williams, who I don't think is going to get tagged, uh, is number three. I think could get snacks type of money. Then uh, a couple guys, Melvin Ingram, I think will get tagged. Sounds like from rap sheet, JPP got tagged. Donta Hightower, we have to see how the Patriots handle him. I think he'll get out there. Maybe he gets the transition tag, which means he can sign a contract with another team. Then you got A.J. Bouye of the Texans at cornerback. Stephon Gilmore, Kevin Zeitler, Bengals guards. It's already getting in the weeds here. And, you know. Uh, Jermaine Johnson. Jumping around. Terrell the- Pryor. TP's there. He'll probably get tagged, you would think. Yeah. Um, or maybe not. I don't think so. Mm, Sounds like that's not happening. Uh, and one, jumping around a little bit here, but we talked about Kenny Stills before the show uh, when we're talking about the kind of like what is what is the vibe right now around the idea of free agency in this league and why and how does Kenny Stills kind of uh, uh, stand in as someone la- as someone that kind of personifies what's going on right now? This is something that Greg has been talking about for a few days now that free everyone's got used to be that if you have fifteen to twenty million in salary cap. That was a lot of salary cap space. You were going to be a big player in free agency, maybe control things. Now everybody's got that much money. Some teams have sixty to seven million, sixty to seventy million. The Browns, I think, have a hundred million. Everybody's got money to spend. And when you hear the Miami Herald report that Kenny Stills has a twelve million dollar a year market, <laughs> it's crazy. Wow, twelve million dollars a year for a number three receiver who is coming off a career year from a touchdown point of view. But I don't think anybody – Kenny Stills is nobody's idea of a of an ideal deep threat. Well, a guy that the – and I think he has potential, like as a good role player, maybe a number two receiver, but a guy that the Saints essentially gave up on and, you know, is coming off, I guess, his best season, which had 726 yards. That's why this Antonio Brown signing – I think they saw the Alshon Jeffrey move 
you know, getting to free agency and, the, you know, these reports are out there about Kenny Stills. And it's like, we better sign Antonio Brown quick before things get crazy because the amount of money, you said it, people get worked up about who has the most cap room. What's the difference between 40 million and 80 million? You got enough. More than half the league has more than 35 million. And that's before some of these roster cuts and everything that's going to go on in the next week in terms of, you know, saving some room and moving money around. Like there's more than enough teams can pay who they want. Like just about like 20 teams can do what they want. Doesn't that kind of on some level, I don't want to say cheapen the salary cap, but the cap, uh, for well-disciplined teams, it works in their favor because they know how to play the game. But there's so much in money now, and the cap keeps on going up and up and up. Uh, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of like having like the Browns last year? We're going to clear salary cap. We're going to start over, and they have a lot of money, but it's maybe not as valuable because even teams that didn't have the same outlook can spend on X, Y, and Z. It's crazy because a year ago, and I mean, bad teams struggle to re-sign their own players if they want to get to market and go somewhere and win along with make a lot of money. So that's a separate challenge. But it was a year ago that teams like Cleveland were saying, oh, well, we're not going to invest in our own free agents. We're clearing cap room. And it feels 365 days later like a completely... That's gone. I don't know how many more teams, if this continues, are going to even have to think that way. There's an excess of cash, and it's going to lead to players being completely overpaid. Well, and That's it, not good for football. Well, what is I that? I don't think. It's what good for the, the players. It's, it's good, good for, the, for players. the players. But, I mean. If they don't get that money, it goes to the owner. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't have any problem with them making a lot. What it does is, I think, keep – it's going to make this free agent period every year get more and more boring. And I think we're seeing that. This is not a great list. At the top, it's fine. I think the top 25 is not too different than normal. But it got it got bad in a hurry in terms of finding starters because you gotta you got to spend that money, and the teams are going to spend that money in June and July and August on their own players. Like, who can the Jets find to pay? Do they have some people on their roster they can pay? Whoever it is, just pay them. Start paying. You don't have to make those tough decisions where it's like, wow, this name got released, and we're all stunned by it. There's going to be a lot less of that. I mean, the draft is uh, so important because if you now, if teams can pay their own guys, they keep them on their team. And it's not like the maybe before free agency, a, team, a player got stuck with a team forever and it, and they kind of got screwed because of they're getting paid. So in a way, everybody kind of wins because the team right. uh, is keeping their guys and able to spend money and the guys are getting paid. So maybe the NFL has it right. And maybe all that talk about the players got banged by the latest CBA, that doesn't mm. seem uh, like something that's a big story anymore. Uh, you know, a few points here and there going in the side of the owners, but they're getting paid here. Maybe the Giants, I mean, it worked because the Giants signed good players that fit their system, but maybe they knew what they were doing last year when a, a handful of quality starter type of guys got out there. Maybe they just got lucky. Maybe and it was they, purely desperation. Sure. And they just signed the but right it worked. Guys. They were they, trying to save jobs. They, I mean, that general yeah. manager trying they to They paid save a job. premium, and I think those deals now don't look so crazy. And I think it was smart because that, that quality of player, there's even fewer of them this year. Think about the Raiders. Like, the Raiders were the team that was in ultimate cap hell just two or three years ago. And now they have, what, $45 million? I mean, they, they have all the room they could use. All right. So let's go. You know, why don't we do this? Hey, let's go down to the lab. Oh, wow. Open the door. Let's go down there. Well, here we are. We're in the lab. Out in the lab. Very loud. Listen, you guys have a lot of Bunsen burners, uh, uh, a lot of beakers. There's a, a phone in there ringing off the hook for some reason. It's an old rotary phone. Yeah, this is where Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal do their work. 
And I, I have some questions. And, okay. And, and, and uh, you guys can answer to them. Uh, and here's the first one. And I found this interesting because I have in my hands, I was given permission to look at both of your lists and uh, where you guys differed. I was curious what some players were you guys really differed. And the most amazing thing to me was, especially if you look in the top 25, you guys are really in the same ballpark and you do these independently. Uh, some of you guys had exact hits. Guy, guys like uh, A.J. Bouye, uh, both at number 12. Clayus Campbell's at 7 and 8. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is at 6 and 8. JPP, 11 and 10. You guys are in the ballpark, but not at all of them. The good players, we pretty much agreed on. The top 20, 25 players more. Yeah, it's the bad players where we disagree. <laughs> this one kind of hits, and this hits at um, what a lot of people thought was really harsh criticism from West directed at Greg about a lot of people thought quarterback that. streets were talking streets talking about quarterback uh, judgment because mm. uh, there are two quarterbacks and I'll start with Mike Lennon uh, who Greg had just outside his top 25 and I guess might end up in the top 25 when all these things shake out with the franchise tags at 26 uh, Wessling had him all the way at 64 and I think Greg we've talked about it a little bit but you think Lennon to be a 26 that is uh, somebody that is a, a starter, you would think, on a team in 2017. Has a good chance to start, yeah. I think quarterback gets a bump. There's no doubt because it's the most valuable position. So let's look at the guys who are around 26 on our list. Uh, Riley Reef, not anyone's you know, vision of an all-pro tackle. Zach Brown, a guy who we couldn't have cared less about a year ago. At this time, Larry Warford. I mean, these are not like superstar players. There's guys that you think has the jerseys of both of them. (laughs) These are guys you think they can come in and maybe be a solid starter. Mike Glennon showed a lot of potential, I thought, in his first two years. And I watched every one of his snaps back then. I remember his rookie year. I went back to where did he end up in the year end QB index where I'm watching every play. I'm grading it. He was he was the 21st, 22nd ranked quarterback as a rookie. With some terrible offensive coordinators, I thought he showed some things, some anticipation, some accuracy, some uh, big arm. If you've got a guy who can could possibly be a starting quarterback, I don't think it's crazy to put him that high. As Wes, I mean, Mark, you and I both have skin in the game with uh, uh, needing a quarterback. Would you mind having uh, Glennon as a hold-the-fort type guy? I would not mind – giving someone like Mike Glennon a tryout. I'm talking, I'm rooting for a team that's not had good quarterback play in about a quarter of a, de- a century, so why not? But I, I, I'd i have him somewhere in between where, where Wes and Greg do. Uh, I, I would say this, though, that there's been very little buzz around Mike Glennon compared to what was an annual right around this time for three or four years in a row where Mike Glennon was dangled as trade bait. Makes sense. Though. Every draft. He disappeared time. for two years. I mean, he really did. Jameis Winston got drafted. In and he wasn't as, to be fair, he wasn't as good in his second year. Now, granted, he was on his third coordinator in two years, which is tough for any young quarterback, including Jeff Tedford, who like left after two games, and Marcus Arroyo, who's barely in the league, and Mike Sullivan, who's never probably never going to get a coordinator job. It was a tough situation, and he didn't play that great in his second season, which, which I think is partly what sticks in Wes's craw. Well, bad quarterbacks are easy to find. That's why I didn't rank him high, and he's a bad quarterback. You can take any film of any quarterback in the NFL and find a game or two here and there where he impressed well, That was a season, though, a rookie season. It was like a A rookie starts. season in which, in which he finished dead last in drive success percentage in the NFL. And this is a thing that 
we have disagreed over the years. I don't like quarterbacks who don't move the sticks consistently. Mike Glennon moves the sticks as inconsistently as any quarterback I've seen in the past few years. To me, he's a rich man, Zach Mettenberger, and I, I don't want that. I'd rather have Brian Hoyer, who can move an offense. Mm. He's definitely riskier. You're right. I'm giving a lot to potential. He, over those two years combined, he was ranked 19th in QBR. So it's not like I'm crazy out on a limb here with Glennon. And, like, we look at some of the other guys on this list, it's like I get these th- are guys that weren't that good. Like, you had Matt Khalil and Mike Remmers <laughs> – you know, 50 and 51 on your list. I had them much. Those guys were terrible tackles for their Well, Mike Remmers is a right tackle who was forced to play out of position at left tackle, and I think a lot of people disparage him because Von Miller destroyed him in the Super right. Bowl. But he was a quality right tackle in 2015 season. All I mean is, like, these are guys, these are guys who have had some big-time struggles at tackle – I'm going to give Glennon a little chance. I think he should be excited in, if, if the Jets get Glennon. It I'm depends on the size. He doesn't pass the look test. That's true. Well, there's His a mobility much, is a problem. There's it's a much more radioactive quarterback ranking if you click into their individual <laughs> rankings that I simply cannot get on board with. Tell me who it is. I don't want to drive too deep. I mean, we've you know we can go through okay. the We're on eleven through twenty. Well, but you know, I know. I, well, it's you have Greg. You have Geno Smith at number sixty-five, and I know that I know that you like Geno Smith and that you see promise in him. <laughs> Wes, he's not even on your anywhere in your. I was where, not even tempted. I ranked one hundred and twenty-five. If I ranked two hundred, I wouldn't have put Geno Smith on there. He's a bad football player. And I think you'd have to ignore what Geno Smith has been in the locker room too to think exactly. he's sixty-five too. I just would like to know your reasoning. Is it potential again? I, I don't think his tape is that bad as a pro. And, yes, quarterbacks get, uh, especially young quarterbacks, get a little bit of a bump. You know, when Still we're ta- on this hill, huh? We're, we're talking about 60. Like, this is where Corderell Patterson is, who's a special teamer. This is where use, Nick Benton— I can use him. Right. I, I don't think it's that crazy to think of Geno Smith as a quality backup with some potential. I don't want Geno Smith in my locker room. He had 6.9 yards per attempt in his career. We haven't seen him in two years. The last time we saw him, he played very well for a month. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm hanging on to too much of that, but I really think the New York media stink and all the off-field stuff is on him in a way that it wouldn't be if he was you just have, on some other team. You have him higher than Brian Hoyer. I would take Hoyer over Geno Smith. I would take Hoyer over Geno Smith, too. In fact, that could end up happening with the Jets this year, where they kind of swap them. And he ends up higher. This is checks and balances. It's like the government. It works out this well. I knew Wes wasn't going to rank him. So maybe you juice him up a little bit. (laughs) Oh, that's what happened. Um, (laughs) The problem with Geno Smith, by the way, is that, yes, he's he's flashed uh, moments. But he's also... Games. uh, Okay, More than games. Months. Let's not go crazy here, though. He's a, a turnover machine, turnover machine, who has had some issues in the locker room, and he's a quarterback. You don't want a quarterback with some locker room pop to him. But he's like Jay Cutler East. I have I have a hard time with that stuff. I wish we knew more. Like we don't know. I think there's a lot of Four quarterbacks years, that we don't know about. Maybe Hoyer might be on that list that doesn't have the greatest reputation. And a lot of quarterbacks that get maligned that actually their teammates like. And Frank and we don't know because we're just here. Like. We're well, not eight quarterbacks well, have been punched I'm, out. I'm, yeah, I am, what, what we do know is more it. than a lot of other quarterbacks are bringing to the table in a negative way. I think he worked. I, I will say I think he lands in the right spot ultimately. Like, I'm fine that he's eight, 89 <laughs> on the list. You know, checks and balances. See, uh, just, I mean, since you brought it up, I will say when he did get his jaw broken by a teammate, which, again, is a thing that happened, the, really the only person that came to his defense was Brandon Marshall. That said so Brandon much. Brandon Marshall to comes to everyone's defense. All right. Let's move on. All right, here we go. So everybody's going to get paid, 
Uh, especially you would think in the top 20, 30. I mean, if you watch the NFL Network today, Uh-oh. Geno Smith had five minutes <laughs> on the NFL Network. He's a hot ticket. Don't give up. Still trying to piece that it's together. A hot ticket. Uh, what? Sounding like Charlie Casserly said. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, that boy's a – he's a hot ticket. <laughs> Everybody's going to get paid, uh, definitely in the higher reaches of this list. But uh, what player, uh, gentlemen, and, and Mark uh, as well, uh, do you think will get paid and the team – We'll regret that, that mm. they gave, gave out bundles of cash. Mm. A guy that has the possibility, even though you put him kind of in a good spot on this list, the top 50 or so, jumps out to you as a potential bust candidate as a sign. Mm. Good question. One that pops to my head just because I've seen the report. Well, Kenny Stills, first of all, if he gets $12 million a year. But I like Nick Fairley. I think I pushed pretty hard for Nick Fairley to be higher on this list last year, and he came through with a good season. If he's getting $10 million a year, which I read about in one New Orleans report on a multi-year contract, I think that's a time – that's a player you'd be a little worried about giving that sort of guarantee. I think he's a good player, but that that's one where you could see him getting overpaid. I don't know what to do with Nick Fairley. I thought he was fatter than ever last year, and he was and also he played great. fatter than ever. <laughs> right. He had his best season at his fattest. What are you going to do with him? So Yeah. He's one of those guys like it's value. You know what I mean? Like you get him on the year that they're cheap. I don't want him on the year they're expensive. I, I think there's risk to Terrell Pryor. Mm. I mean, we, uh, you know, a lot. He showed a lot last year, and there's no taking away from his the commitment he put into switching positions, which is so hard to do and to play at the level he did for much of it. But when you, if you're going to hand out a multi-year lucrative contract. It's to a player that does that has as short of a track record at wide receiver as anyone that could get a multi-year deal and be ranked this high on this list. My counterpoint to that is he gave some really good cornerbacks fits last year, a 1,000-yard season, and he's still kind of finding his way. You might be able to get him at a good value if you truly believe he can become an all-pro type if guy. He, if he reaches his peak, yes, and then it's just I, I, I think he's a mystery player. We don't know that it's going to translate two, three seasons from now. I got one for you. And you have him at number 13 on this list, Stephon Gilmore, uh, the Bills, who, you know, he has a, a he's a name brand. But is he a guy that you want to if you pay Stephon Gilmore big money in this free agency market, he's going to be probably what in the top five cornerbacks in the league? Probably. And is that a good value buy? He's been inconsistent. When, when Rex Ryan got in Buffalo, when he landed there, he immediately singled out Stephon Gilmore as a lockdown cornerback, one of those guys who can trail wide receivers around the field. And I know Rex system places a lot of responsibility on cornerbacks, but he got exploited at times last year. I think he even got benched at one point. Yep. Stephon Gilmore did not play well all last season. I, I thought he was much better the year before, so it, it depends who you're getting, but he's got the tools. I think people maybe are a little too worried about A.J. Boye, and Gilmore might be the more risky sign. Boye you have at uh, 12. And we that, that was one where we differed very slightly. I think I put Gilmore one spot ahead of Boye just because I, I do when I'm Can doing we settle the, this, Boye or Boye? Boye. A.J. Boye. It's important. I have no conviction in my pronunciation. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll defer to Boye. I'm pretty sure, but. Go ahead. That's what I heard. Just want to make sure we got that settled. I try to look at – yeah, I think sometimes we – do this and free agency happens, GMs, you get paid off the previous year. But try to think about three years. I mean, this is this is a guy who's put up a lot of good film in his career, Stefan Gilmore. So I wouldn't be that worried about paying him. I'd be more worried about the one-year guys. 
Like, Tony Jefferson was a great player for the Cardinals. You know who else was great? Like, DJ Swearinger, who's been kicking around the league playing safety for the Cardinals. He he kind of came out of nowhere, not a huge physical specimen. And because teams need safety so bad, like, he could get a monster contract. He, he pops to mind. In this same conversation on the Simmons podcast with Lombardi, Lombardi would call him, like, RJ Booyah. <laughs> they, would just, they would just keep rolling. <laughs> Booyah, I, I get what you're saying. He also seems like he could be a guy who's an ascendant talent. Yeah. And, and still has room to improve. I, I think he's a guy who works really hard. I think they're both great. I had them in the, both in the top 12 overall, just trying to pick between one between the other. Well, cornerback is, is one of the key positions, obviously. In football, here's a question. What are, in free agency, when we look at this list, what are positions of strength where you, there's a lot of depth uh, where you can get value and there's there's a list to go down. If you miss this guy, you can still get this guy or this guy. And uh, on the flip side, what are positions that are, are are really light? I know offensive line is one of them. You cannot get you can't get good tackles. It's it's very hard. But you can get good guards. Kevin Zeitler of the Bengals is a good guard. T.J. Lang of the Packers. Uh, you've got who's the guy from the Larry Warford from the Lions. You've got good guards. And I think defensive tackle is a strong. Brandon Williams, Don Terry Poe, and Jonathan Hankins is really good for the Giants, too. I think if you want a, a run-stuffing defensive tackle, this is this is the year for you. He's going to be hard to keep, too, now that I think of them paying all that money to JPP. They're paying it to Snacks. Can you pay all four guys on your line more than $12 million? Alan Branch, too, from the Patriots, who was the monstrous guy in the middle of their defensive line that hasn't allowed a 90-yard rusher in a long time. I don't get the Bengals allowing Kevin Zeitler just to float away because that to me, if you want to flip side and look at value type of guys, I think if you pay him what the market is for a very solid guard, you're going to get years of good play out of him. That's the kind of guy that you want to get in free agency if, in, in my book. It's weird. They have this kind of MO that they don't pay guards. Like that's just what they do. That they don't. They didn't pay Eric Steinbach. They didn't pay Bobby Williams. Those are two guys I can think of that that left for whatever reason. That's kind of just what they do. Well, I think after watching uh, Obuye, the other Obuye, yeah, play, try to play tackle last year. Maybe they have to move him inside the guard. Daniel Jeremiah, your buddy, moved My the boy. sticks. Yeah. Dan, he says this is a terrible tackle class, and so that is a that's a trouble. Like everyone needs a tack, offensive tackle right now. Hey, there's what about my there's none available. Like Riley Reef right is tackle. another answer for a guy who's going to get overpaid, probably just because he's a guy who's okay and he plays that position. I don't know what your team needs two tackles. That's a, that's what I'm saying. So I don't I can't get any relief in free agency or the draft. That's what I'm hearing from people. <laughs> well. That know. That's, and neither can now the what? Jets quarterback. I mean, that's going to be a bloodbath. That again, like sometimes. I'm coming, Mark. I'm coming for that corner. Take it. I'd be happy. You're, this this whole thing is just ridiculous. And that, but then again, sometimes they're like, this class is loaded in plug and play. Nobody Ten knows. year starter offensive yeah. lineman. Just watch Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, Chance Warmack. Like it's like. You, you, the Jets will draft someone in the fifth round that no one's heard of in this studio, which wouldn't be hard to do. And then, and and you know what? He'll play for five straight years. You never know. That'd be great. Anyway, uh, speaking of my Jets, Nick Mangold at seventy-one. I think you guys are underselling him a little bit. If he's healthy, it's thirty-three. Signs with yeah, he's thirty-three years old. Thirty-three is not ancient mm. for a center in the NFL. You don't see too many centers over thirty-three. I'm not saying like a a, a rich five-year deal, but if he goes to a contender, don't be surprised if he's Having a really nice season. Go to he could do a Chris Long. He'll get a Super Bowl ring. Could well, do an Alex Mack. This this Mangold thing brings up an interesting, at least to me, point of order. So Mangold gets cut on Saturday, and I see that. Oh, gotta make an adjustment to the top 100. <laughs> it's going up Monday morning. Wes is off 
gallivanting around. That's one way to put it. The South Coast. <laughs> what? With who knows on fire. With who knows what? With his, you know, with a with this, you know, lovely paramour, but also just meeting all sorts of cast of characters, like it's a like it could be some sort of movie. Should I bug him about Nick Mangold, or should I just make an executive decision and just throw him on, you know, where I, I was where I choose to decide? To. I didn't bug him. Yeah, thank you. I of was course. at the Figueroa Mountain Brewery and, <laughs> and ran into one of our podcast listeners. Andy was tending bar at this place. Nice guy. Set, set nice. me up. Sent you guys a message. Good guy. Did he send us any beer? That would be better. He did. Oh, good. Well, I have did. I have it, and I he will bring it in. It to us. Yeah, oh, it's excellent. awesome. Yeah, we saw a clip of it. I do I do like the fact that 19 out of 20 podcast listeners that you've met and befriended are bartenders. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's what you're going to have. Where else am I going to go? Right. Um, well, who who else does Wes speak to? Next other than us, <laughs> like in the world. Yeah, I mean, his, like his brothers, some bartenders. I don't think I'm going to run into museum curators. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Who knows? Maybe we're huge in the museum curator industry. You never know. Point. I, that would necessitate me being in the museum to meet him or her. I do. I like the idea of of Wes a movie about Wes's weekend with his paramour, and I like it being called Road Trip. And but there was a movie that came out about 15 years ago oh. with Tom Green uh, and some other people. Uh, barely remember that movie. Who else was in? Well, they the were Road going Trip? to Ithaca College of all places. Yeah, yeah. Breckin Meyer was involved, I believe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but to change it, we put a slammer at the end. Road Trip. With the slammer, if, oh. if we could get into the Friday night's activities, <laughs> then we could really unearth some interesting nuggets. I think that's we'll save that for the after hours podcast. <laughs> the after Ooh, hours la, la. Okay. swingers podcast, Skinamax edition of the Around the NFL podcast. <laughs> I thought it, say? I thought my original <laughs> no, idea for what I thought my original idea for what, the, what the movie would be called yeah. was was better. As much as I like yours, Sideways too. Sideways. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. People love franchises. Sideways too. Yeah. People well, love <laughs> people love franchises. Fr- people love franchises. Been a while since Sideways has been out, and it's like you just. Re- but then you're connecting it to Sideways. Well, you're yeah. We you're were in, this, in. We were in, in the that same neck area. Of the woods. Yeah, you're in the same area. Okay. But now it's it's West and the Paramore. It's a whole different thing. It's one we of did those a wine sequels where like the writer, the director, anyone attached to the first incarnation do not acknowledge this not part two on any level. It's like American Psycho 2 starring Mila, Mia Kunis. Yeah, Mila. It's a thing that exists. Yeah. Sideways, one of my favorite movies, too. Yeah, that was, was all worth Yeah, but what about the slammer? Road Trip! <laughs> I, I like both of them. I, I like that. To tell the truth, I, I'd accept either one. Oh, okay, cool. All right, here How we go. How about this? Wait, sorry. Yeah. Road Trip, slammer, <laughs> yeah. colon, Sideways 2. Winner. <laughs> Or sideways two colon road trip. I know, but that everyone's yeah. expecting sideways. more of a title. This way, you yeah. throw them off. You think it's something else. Then, oh wait, it's sideways two at the end. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever. So puts, it's completely wrong, wrong yeah, sided exactly. marketing. Exactly. Nobody so puts the sequel number after right, the colon. Right. Can you put a colon That's after a slammer? Huh? Can you put a no, colon the slammer after a slammer? Is the colon in that? Well, no, oh, we no. no put, I think we could do what we want. Well, These we, guys are hammered. They're driving up the coast. They put colons after slammer. What the hell's going on out here? But graphically. Because you could play with it when you're selling the movie. The colon has the line on top. That's a, So it's a slammer and a colon at once. I love it. Okay. Works for me. Settled that. Here's some snap judgments, uh, gentlemen, I would like you to make. Because these players are not – and I'm saying snapped. I'm saying you got to – I'm going to go back and forth. You're going to tell me where they are in the top one, 101 uh, if they end up making it. Jay Cutler. Greg. Mm. Snap, snap, throwing it to West. 40. 
Yeah, right ahead of Mike Glennon. Probably everyone you ask me, I'm going to place right ahead of oh, Mike Glennon. How dare you? Uh, yeah, four. No, I'm even higher than that. I'm going. Let's go. Let's go. Snap it yeah, up. 25. Adrian Peterson. He'll be top 10. No, he will not be in my top 30. Once these franchises. Give me a number. Top okay, 30. maybe 20. 20. 20. Wes. I, I would definitely have Adrian Peterson over Terrell Pryor. So that would put him in the top 15 for me. Doug Martin. Oh. <sighs> I think. Tuffy. I think right above Mike Glennon. We have Eddie Lacy at 39. I am definitely putting him below because the off-field stuff, I got I got to learn more about what's going on. It seems like a really serious. I'll tell thing. you about it after the show. <laughs> Brandon Marshall. Can help somebody. He's, he's he, old, though. You have to rank him ahead of Kenny Britt, who is at 38. Yeah. I, I would say Brandon Marshall in the 20s. Pierre Garçon is hmm. 29. Uh, I think he, I think I might put Brandon Marshall just ahead of Pierre Garçon, even though he's a, a year, a few years sure older. It's a short-term contract. 25. It's a better player 26. than Pierre Garçon. That's what I'm saying. Also, wears out his welcome everywhere he goes. It does. And finally, Jamal Charles. He's he's tricky. Mm. He's turning 30. He he has barely played in two years. We had a similar guy on the list last year named Arian Foster, who we put at number 30. Mm. which ended up being way too high. We have Latavius Murray at 57. I'm definitely not putting him above Murray or Blunt. The running backs definitely get discounted on this list a little bit. I mean, he's probably in the 60s or 70s. Oh, no, I'd take him way ahead of Latavius Murray. Mm. I want a good running back, and and Jamal Charles might someday get that back. I don't know if Latavius Murray's ever going to be a good running back. You could look at him as this year's Arian Foster, where high upside, but you know what happens uh, it's easy to make healthy. that connection and then to a year later say, boy, why didn't we see that coming? But it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. Right. No, he, he, I, could, I could be willing to be convinced. I think you're right because when he plays and he's right, he's a great player. He's not that old. Um, all right. And, again, you could check all this out. And Sorry I, if those weren't snappy enough for you. I, but I got the info. Uh, just looking for something like I wanted, like, uh, Adrian Peterson, six, four. Jamal Charles, 37, 49. Well, it gives us something to work on for next year. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> like, watch, watch, watch how it works with Mark Sessler. J- Jay Cutler, 96. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Uh, and uh, the final thing I have here, as we uh, spend a long time in the lab, it's musty down here, by the way, guys. Should, uh, you know, get, get maybe a, a filter, an air filter down here. That's the magnesium. <laughs> Which player in, in the top 25? Name one player in the top 25 um, you are the most concerned about. <laughs> Why am I so negative? A major – because I am asking the questions. So <laughs> don't ask questions back. Most concerned about what? A big whiff. And, uh, and, and I did look back at the 2016 list. And just some examples. Mario Williams at 7. You had Brock Osweiler at 13. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 23. There will be some here that turn out to be either bad – uh, bad signings by the team, but also maybe you guys evaluated them improperly. Keeping it real. Who are you worried about? Like you str- you said, I have to put this guy high in the list, but in the back of my mind, this guy might be struggling to even have a job next year. <laughs> Whoa. No, no one met like that. Well, Riley Reef is 26. Not a sexy answer, because what do I know about Riley Reef? Don Terry Poe, I could see being, being I'll, a guy. I'll second not be- the Poe pick. Hmm. Wow. He didn't look as explosive. He wasn't 
used to be one of the most athletic big men you'll see, and I think he he was more of a two-down guy last year as opposed to a three-down defensive tackle. Mark, anything surprise you on this list? Really jumped out at you, and you said, what the heck? No, I'm going to be honest. I, I think of all the years that we've dug into the free agent class that this is, and it's no reflection on the on the on the list that you guys did. You did a great job Yikes. with it, but it's a low wattage group, and we can we can drum up excitement for you know what the top ten will be a week from now. But it's free agencies change this off season, as we said at the top of the segment. So not surprised outside of the fact that it's less exciting than you'd think free agency would be. Were you surprised that when? Uh, Wes and Greg did their NFL Network hit uh, on this list. They wore suit jackets in the podcast studio. I think they look sharp. I don't know why Why what we normally wear was suddenly deemed not good enough because <laughs> the, the next day we're all Fair wearing point. this stuff again. Well, if anything, that's... I, I don't think... Who drove... Who dro where did the decision come from, I guess? Yeah, where point. did that come from? Let's break that down. I think, for me, it comes from an incredible insecurity <laughs> about my work wardrobe when it comes to being on film because of all the feedback we've gotten over the years. Mm, I and that. I think um, I probably – I see NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal on TV, and he's often wearing a jacket. So for me, my mind just naturally Son, went to jackets. Is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep sending them in, folks. That was a good one. Yeah. I, I talked over it. I want to hear it again. Son, is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal? Wow. That was Hello. kind of like a deliverance. Yeah, very situation. much so. That was awesome. Where'd that come from? Tybee Island, probably. That was from Rick Herrick. He's from Missouri Love at Missouri. Spanky Q. Wow, he should do some Jeff Bridges voiceover work or something. That we caught, great. We caught some heat, by the way. Um, we were talking to one of the um, – men with offices here that works in the NFL network uh, division. And we heard through the grapevine that one of the great higher ups now, former higher up uh, in this company, a third floor, <laughs> which as everyone knows, if you listen to the show, we are not popular figures or even really known figures. Uh, yeah. I'd say invisible. Although he ironically was on the first floor for the people you know, making more was he? us. Um, we were described uh, as dweebs uh, because we wear headsets <laughs> in the studio. That they look like they look like a bunch of dweebs wearing the headsets. So at one point there was an anti-headset movement. That was little coming does, back from little does he know that we don't need headsets to look like dweebs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> With that said, that that your talk about the NFL Network it reminded me we will be on as a foursome. Yes, we will Tuesday, around or up to the minute live, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and that's right. I listed Pacific first. There's a lot of people out here. Calm Pacific down. needs to start deserving some respect. West, West Coast bias. God! Um, okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, again, the next time you hear from us will be Thursday. Uh, the show will emanate uh, from Indianapolis. We'll have all six members. Very rare that you'll hear from all six members uh, of the of the writing team. Well, Technically, I'm no longer part of that writing team. But you're going to hear from all the five around the NFL writers and then uh, myself as well. I mean, you write a lot. Oh, yeah, but I write for the end around. Okay. Mm. NFL.com slash end around. But all five writers of the around the NFL team, myself, uh, will all be part of the podcast on Thursday. So make sure uh, you check that out where we'll be breaking down those press conferences 
that happen every year leading into the combine, the coaches and the GMs. A lot of news always comes out of that, so check that out. I hate to quibble, but your articles still do appear under the <laughs> on the NFL section of the website. I'm working on that. This is where really I'm gonna eliminate I'm gonna eliminate that if it's the last thing I do. No, I like that. It keeps me connected <laughs> on some level to the enterprise. And Wes of course is referring to NFL.com slash around the NFL. Or NFL.com slash news. That's where you can read our stuff. So read it. Okay. And then next week, free agency week, three shows. Mark. Also, go to Mark's author page and use the F8 function to find whatever you want. Sure. Good luck. Three shows through the middle of June. Wes, save it for the F8 podcast. <laughs> that one's last a scorcher. Time. It's a scorcher. All right. Let's go home. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman. The boss. A new money behind the glass. Till Thursday in Indy. You're a loser. Dan bloopers after every show. That's fine. Let's go. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.